intro music is appropriate at this time of year because it has Christmas bells in. Who knew? Yeah. Did you ever hear those? I I did. Yes. Oh. Okay. Yeah. People people all year round keep messaging me. Oh, why why do you still have the Christmas intro music on? Because <sighs> this is my intro music. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Cable and Lindsay Williams. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you with support from Close Master. Learning with Close Master is fun, addictive and free. The game is simple. You will see a sentence in your target language with something missing and it's your challenge to fill in the blanks. Close Master uses high frequency word lists built into sentences from real life. So everything you learn is natural content and best of all, it's always words that you're actually going to need. And what's most exciting about Close Master for me is that it's available in over 50 languages. It comes with iPhone apps and Android apps and it works beautifully in your browser too. So you can learn anytime and anywhere and, well, not any language, but a really, really large, 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 large range of languages. And we love that. To support our show today, go to www closemaster, that's close with a Z, dot com slash CLLP, where you will find a bonus video with Closemaster tips from me and a special voucher to use when you decide to join a pro membership. So that's closemaster, C-L-O-Z-E, master.com slash CLLP. You don't need a special code, simply check it out today. Hello, everybody. Hello, language lovers. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, as always, with me, Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk, and with my lovely co host. Hello, co host. Hello. Hello. <laughs> You're allowed to say your name. Oh, I'm Lindsay. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. That voice is Lindsay from lindsaydoeslanguages.com, and together we talk about languages and the love of language learning and our various travels as well and what's been new so we've not really we've not really stopped learning languages in many years have we just realized no. that no no yeah, it's been a while we've been going a while we've been going a while <laughs> and okay so i've got a little update or oh, lindsay do you know what i did so it feels so old school like i hadn't done it for ages and i had such a good time I think I may have seen on Instagram. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I did that too. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, I organized a little language learners meetup for the language I'm learning. So I just put some flyers up and there was a guy from the Say Something in Welsh forum and yeah. uh, Gavin, uh, Sumai Gavin. And Gavin came around to, to Canterbury because I think he used to live here and messaged me and said, hey, I'm coming to Kent. I said, oh, let's meet up. Why don't we just advertise it and put it out there and obviously welsh learners in the east of england you don't really expect to i kind of yeah. thought it would just be the two of us and there were five people four of which were welsh learners it was really really cool wow that's really cool oh i'm gonna try that when i get home it's so encouraging it's just so yeah. nice and you know i got speaking practice in and, and to another learner as well so it makes you feel kind of reassured because everybody hesitates a little bit mm. So that was really good. That was really good. But yeah, I did another Welsh thing. So I, yesterday, um, and you, yeah, you might have seen on my Instagram, I made, for the first time ever, cookies from a recipe in Welsh. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's good. They, yes, they do. They do. They're, they're really nice. Uh, they are biscotti with... Um, Naikich, hazelnuts, and oh my god, I've forgotten the word for apricots, but but apricots. <laughs> the original recipe said figs, and I couldn't find them in the shop, so now they're with apricots. And the, oh. yes, they were really fun, and it's really fun. I didn't write words on the recipe, so there was there was a little bit of essential vocab, um, so kind of given with the recipe, but I didn't write anything else on, which means I had to. I'd forgotten one of the words, and I couldn't remember if I had to. I don't know, like. Oh, it said something like, let them cool. And I wasn't yeah. sure whether it said, whether it said, keep them cool or let them cool. And so I had to sort of Google halfway through, halfway through baking. 
to make sure I know what this says. <laughs> you remember that because it's such a such an unusual scenario, right? It is, yeah. And you you know you get to interact with your language and kind of go straight, go for it, straight for, straight for it. I thought it was so so much fun, and I I like baking and I'm usually terrible with recipes I just ignore whatever it says and just do my own thing and I noticed having to pay more attention to what the recipe actually said in order to even understand any of it made me a more conscientious baker Mm, and was it a Welsh like traditional food no biscotti is Italian Oh, biscuit. Okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't making a traditional Welsh food. You could make like barabrith or something. Yeah. Welsh rabbit. Yeah. Welsh rabbit. Uh, exactly. What's it called? Lava. Lava bread. Lava bread. Or there's this thing called Welsh cakes and they are delicious. Should have made those actually. But no, just biscotti. I think because they're so dry, they're a good... Um, the idea was to bake a gift, I think. So I'm going to give them to some friends at Christmas as well. Aww. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. A label on that says baked in Welsh. Baked in Welsh. If they don't taste good, don't blame me. <laughs> send me a dictionary. <laughs> so I, I would I would love to send you some, but unfortunately you are still on the other side of the globe from me, right? Yeah, definitely uh not snowing here, as I believe it currently is all across the UK. Um yeah, I'm in Granada right now in Nicaragua. Is Granada in Nicaragua? Yes. Oh, is it like the capital? No. So the capital city, we're about an hour from the capital. The capital is called Managua, Mm -hmm. which is on a lake. And then you go down the road and we're in Granada, which is on another lake, a much bigger lake called the Lake of Nicaragua. Nice original name there. And it's huge. Like if you look on a map of Central America, this lake is just poof you would see it massive what does nicaragua mean i don't know agua water huh i've been oh i wonder if it's ag ah see i've been thinking about this because the gua g-u-a in guarani yeah means um i think it means like from right so for example like paraguay uruguay that means like from water and i think that's right so so in my head i'm thinking nicaragua Managua, and I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. How you know it can't be from Guarani? It doesn't make sense. I wonder if it is agua. I never thought of that. Mm. But no, um, yeah, it could be. It could be. Mm. And how's Ash getting on? Ashley, your husband, who's is he still learning Spanish, or has he just given up on the whole thing? No, not at all. Still, still learning. Yeah, and um, kind of at a point now where input is different, like input almost is is stalling and it, and he said something to me the other day a little insight oh, yeah. and I thought it was pretty uh relevant so I wanted to share he said talking to people is helping a lot more than he truly appreciated you know I think sometimes we we it's always a nice little reminder isn't it that we kind of can get very insular I think mm-hmm. with, our, with our learning and feel like well I'm not I'm not ready yet I'm not ready yet but actually it can be a huge help as scary as it scary as it is sometimes so yeah but I thought from from a beginner it's quite nice to to hear the a sort of a similar opinion to what to what we all know so I just wanted to share that yeah and he's I mean he is I think it should be it should be said because I think so many people we had this in the last episode right where you and I were talking about misconception I think so many people think hmm "Hmm, all you need to do is be in the country and that is all it takes and then magically and I just thought, like, even Ash in his in his situation is not in an immersion environment as such because you and him don't speak Spanish to each other. Yeah, exactly. And, like, we, we found this in, you know, we went from kind of New York to Montreal to Cuba. So Cuba was the first Spanish-speaking country where we were. Um, and we were, in Cuba, you, you, you stay in mostly places called Casas Particulares, which are, like, guest houses or B&Bs. So... Every morning you have breakfast, someone comes out and asks you what you want. And it's that same conversation in the language Mm -hmm. every single day, Uh right? And then you go out and you're speaking to people a lot more. However, we then went to Merida in Mexico and we were in our own little Airbnb apartment. We were working quite a lot more. 
and we're going and doing our shopping like at Walmart and you know so it was a very different experience and just just being simply being somewhere is not enough you know if you're looking for immersion if you're looking for that kind of I'm going to go to the country and I'm going to learn that language then you need to actually make active decisions to do that to take advantage of of being there yeah and I think you need to study in a way or not study as in prep but I think you need to take that second after and go what did I just say what just happened there exactly exactly yeah mm. I, oh sweet I've got a travel update but it's such a little one uh, Christian and I went to Germany <laughs> so I recently had um, yeah I heard I heard my husband speak German again and he's he's in that situation where he really he, he does a bit of Duolingo and you know sort of he does Closemaster mm. our sponsors woo Closemaster um and you know always always entertaining sentences don't i and he 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 does that anyway sort of every now and then in the house i'll hear bidim bidim you know and that's yeah. the little duolingo noises or whatever noises the little apps make and then maybe once or twice a year we go to germany and i'll actually hear him speak german and you know i went uh, swimming and he texted me and i have I can say, I want cake. I can say, uh, I would like this coffee to eat here, please. I managed to do this. I managed to do this. <laughs> um, so it's it's interesting because what I see in him is it doesn't... Talking to people, same thing, helps so much. I mm. think because it, it just forces you to activate everything. But also, even though he has he doesn't have all-time immersion, he kind of has me. And I mean, I've previously written about how 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 challenging it can be to even if my native language is german our mm. couple language is english so how challenging it can be and you have to find the right time to switch he hears a bit of german but yeah those little bursts number one i think they show him that he hasn't really lost much and they show me that he hasn't lost much i'm always impressed by you know his 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 level and secondly um they bring this level of enthusiasm. So at the moment, there's a Netflix show called Dark that is in German, actually filmed and produced in Germany. It's, mm. it's very good. It's, it's Netflix style. You know, that sort of, you can binge watch this. It's a bit like Stranger Things for adults. Um, Weirdly, I, I saw the, the little image for this yesterday mm? as you're mm? thinking, oh yeah, that was that show. And I thought... It's on international release, yeah. I thought it looked like Stranger Things. Yeah. It 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 has it has lines in common, but it can't be as good as Stranger Things, right? I it's excellent. I I really okay. think it's and I I, don't, I think it's excellent. It's it's not as it doesn't have the cultural references to America in the eighties, but you know, yeah, it's in Germany and it really is yeah. filmed in Germany and feels like Germany and very very nice. It's it's it, I think it's set in northern Germany because they all have really bizarre northern first name that are basically i think danish names they're called mads and magnus and mikkel and those are not names that i would call right. anybody in germany <laughs> so anyway <laughs> uh, that's that yeah so we went to germany and came back and as always on that trip you know if you go on the eurostar um it's so wonderful to be on those trains where they make the announcements in four languages so cool mm, that's fun yeah now we have got a follow-up on, I think, episode 62 it was, our pop music episode. And it's coming to the end of the year. And I get the impression both of us have kind of had our ears pricked up for more pop music things. And there was something in particular that really made me go, what the fudge cake? It's, it was very, <laughs> swear episode was last episode. Um, it, 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 made me, it made me kind of look again. Um, so, so first thing that really stood out to me, was the news about the Bieber. But you have also noticed something about pop music and mm. um, songs becoming more bilingual. So where, where is this stood out? And maybe you can sing it to us. Oh, uh, <laughs> try. I mean, <laughs> so obviously kind of being on the other side of the world, it's, uh, I may have a slightly warped view of this, but from, from what I've read, the winners of X Factor in the UK, which is unbelievably the 14th series, apparently. Can you believe that? The winners of X Factor this year are a band called Rack Sue, who the song that I think they released as their winner single is called 
Dimelo. And I thought, oh. Dimelo, tell, tell, tell it to what me. The heck tell me. Um, Dimelo, Dimelo. Yeah, tell. Yeah, so tell oh. me. Tell it. Tell it to me. Tell me. Cool. And, and I was like, oh, weird. Let's listen to this song. Is this Spanish? Is this a Spanish group? And there's lyrics. Sound, it, it's, it's amazing. It sounds like a song I would have written when I was like 14. <laughs> X factor then Spanish words, you know. And it's, lyrics include "You got them hips like Shakira, smile like Camilla, got me feeling Latino." Dimelo, 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 dimelo. Right? Podemos bailar till your feet sore. Tango a few moves at the top draw. <laughs> this is my favorite one. She got me in deep like a scuba. Woo! I'm telling Woo! you, she's hotter than Cuba. I had to WhatsApp my amigos. She's moving like she from Puerto Rico. Oh, you got my heart beating rapido. Mamacita, nice to meet ya. And I just thought, mm, these guys won X Factor? This is the most curious thing to me. And I'm wondering, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trademark this. I'm going to mm -hmm. copyright this. Yeah. Right? Is this, capital letters, the Despacito effect? I know what you mean. Are we now in a post-Despacito world where <laughs> we can openly accept foreign words and, and not necessarily, Post you know... Post-Despacito era. Yeah. This, we're now living in post-Despacito world. Yeah. Where, like, obviously, you know, things like Latino and Puerto Rico, Cuba, name-dropping countries and, and the word Latino, that's, that's not that difficult to understand. But something like... Podemos bailar till your feet sore. Tengo, a few moves. That's like verbs. That's not necessarily that easy to understand for, for someone who doesn't speak Spanish. I, I would like to present you with a counter argument to this, to this being a despacito effect or sort of being a new thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try, <laughs> try and sort of perform this um, without without breaking the internet so listen listen to this which is a similar thing perhaps which is right. friday night it's party time feeling ready looking fine viene diego rumbeando are you singing the ketchup song yeah with the magic in his eyes checking every girl inside well. grooving like he does the mambo and then it switches doesn't it and it doesn't it go to like a weird spanish that's not really spanish yes then it's I remember rightly the, the chorus isn't even spanish the chorus yeah. is which is you have to pronounce what it says at least on the lyrics website you have to pronounce what it says spanish so you have to go uh, but it's not spanish I, I would I would have a like counter argument to that, right? I would say that that song is probably the end of there being a major Euro summer hit, right? Pre-internet. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. We're, we're in the post Despacito world. This is pre-internet world. Where... Early in early internet. <laughs> early internet, right? Showing my age, Where... but yeah. Maybe maybe pre YouTube, pre Spotify, definitely pre YouTube. Yeah. So in a time when you'd go on holiday in the summer, mm -hmm. you'd hear a song everywhere mm -hmm. in your in 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 wherever you went on your summer holiday in europe you'd come home and everyone else would have heard that song and then that song in september october time suddenly becomes number one i would say that the ketchup song is like the end of that so maybe there's been a few years where we've kind of drifted from that and now we've got despacito and all of a sudden we're like oh i can chuck some spanish in here because there's been since despacito there was the Little Mix got in on a, like a reggaeton lento oh, yes. yeah. mix. And Mi Gente, Beyonce got in on a version of that as well. I think that was for, for Puerto Rico. Mm. Um, and another one, something else happened. Someone else, English speaking, I think got in on a... Oh, um, Selena Gomez or Demi Lovato did a Spanish song with Luis Fonsi recently. You know, it's like there's a wave going on and I think... People are trying to hop on that wave. I see what you're saying. You know yeah, I mean? so there's like a, a Latin moment. Mm, and I wonder where that's going to lead. Is that going to lead to the point where actually, like, the songs that I'm listening to right now over here in this side of the world and thinking, oh, this is a good song, where actually I'll hear them when I get home. Mm, well, I don't the know. modern equivalents of. 
it's, I hope so. Yeah. I, well, it's interesting because, like, you are right that um, the current Latin moment is definitely a thing. Spanglish, I think, isn't new. Um, yeah. I, I would sort of put it in as Spanglish. And there's also, you know, thinking about, thinking as a German, I know that in Germany we've always had bands that do things in two languages quite a bit. So there's yeah. there's various, and there might be, you know, in in non-English speaking countries, you sort of get maybe, um, you're more likely to get like a Turkish number one or a, you know, like a French speaking song into mm. the chart, even though it's Germany. Um, mm. Because I guess everything sounds foreign to us, so might as well be French. And um, I'm thinking about bands like Culture Candela. They are, I think, rappers who use a lot of Spanish. There's, yeah. there's um, also lots of people who do Turkish and German because obviously German's got a big yeah. Turkish population. And there is um, Seed did a song, did songs in sort of German, English, and French. And there was a band called Freundeskreis who had a song that went Esperanto, c'est la langue de l'amour, tu as tout bien à parler. Oh. But it wasn't actually in Esperanto, it was sort of about Esperanto in half German and half French. Yeah. So that was useful. <laughs> and so, so it's kind of, you know, the, the, the bilingual pop song. I has always been maybe around, but I've never, you're right that it's never been something to take seriously in the English speaking market, not that I remember. Mm. And yet there's mm. never been sort of more a, a real trend of lots of them. Um, but yeah. perhaps also because you're in the Latin world, you get more airplay of those at the moment. Yeah. So like I'm hearing it more and then like saying to my sister, have you got this song? Yeah. And, and she's like, oh yeah, we listen to me Hendy all the time now in, in England. I'm like, yeah. is this happening without me i want to be there for this change and like i think the idea that these guys won x factor is quite significant you know that that maybe i don't know i'm just i'm excited about this idea of 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 the despacito effect i'm gonna listen out for any bilingual christmas songs that are not oh. feliz navidad and i will let you know if there's anything that comes up because i don't even know what what Raksu is or was, because I don't follow the X Factor, but is I'm gonna. Was. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I did not know what it was when you mentioned it. Um, but <laughs> I'll certainly keep an eye out for it. And English, do you think, on the other hand, is English perhaps taking a bigger slash undue slash what do we think of this role in the Latin world, which is traditionally uh, Spanish speaking? Mm. Because going back to the Mr. B, right? Justin Bieber. This is the last time we're mentioning Justin Bieber on the Creative Language podcast. Seriously, how he gets way too much airtime. Anyway, until 2018 when he releases a K-pop song, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? That, that would be Who frustrating. Knows? <laughs> Who knows? So he is a winner of... Because he is fluent in Espanol, right? Um... <laughs> He's won a Latin Grammy. Justin Bieber has won a Latin Grammy. Make of that what you will. And obviously I, it is for Despacito. I have a question. Did he, did he win it or was it like Luis Fonsi, Daddy Yankee and Justin Bieber? No, it won Song of the Year. But then, okay. at, and I'm not sure if it was the Justin Bieber version or if it was, if it was the Fonsi and Daddy Yankee and, what is it? Gente da Zona? Are they on it as well? And uh, I don't think so. Maybe. Somebody else is on it. Oh, yeah. Tigua. They oh, say yeah, something else at the start. Shout. Yeah, exactly. Whatever they shout out at the start. It's <laughs> like a roll call at the start of reggaeton songs. So, I think it's time to the song. Anyway, either way. So, that one song of the year, Despacito, but then Bieber, as far as I'm aware, won artist. And Justin Bieber is in no way a Latin pop artist, you would think. But then on the other hand, he's done a lot for it this year just by yeah. turning up in the studio and saying the word Despacito. He probably didn't intend to, but it you could argue that Despacito got a lot more exposure due to definitely. Justin Bieber being on it. I think you could definitely argue that. And I think it's yeah. it would be foolish to say otherwise. So in that sense, yeah. But equally no he mm. 
didn't i don't know is yeah yeah well to help us I mean, make it, it, it kind of the, the the thing that instantly comes to mind for me is back kind of um late 90s again pre-youtube pre-spotify era um not not quite pre-internet but sort of late 90s early noughties when eminem started to become to become huge and people would say oh you're doing black music and then could he win a rap grammy or something you know because he's white and traditionally that music was uh created by black people mm-hmm, i mean mm-hmm. obviously race you know race and language are different but there are similarities there i think between what you've said about bieber winning a latin grammy and presumably i imagine eminem's won a grammy at some point mm. and that's i don't know oh. i think i mean muddying it's, the waters even more lindsay yeah, williams i know i know oh, it's a interesting well to help us um get some clarity um or you know as i was thinking about this i looked up I looked up in on the Latin Grammy website the um, the FAQ and there's a question that says which product can participate in the Latin Grammy. So that would Sometimes. hopefully clear it all up for us, right? I think by yeah. product they mean song or I album. They use the word product. They use the word product. <laughs> yes. Wow. So, and what they say, right? Just gonna sort us all out. Any product that has been released in the eligibility period and which is recorded in Spanish or Portuguese. Huh? Okay. <laughs> Right, and then it says, so so it's kind of weird, but then it goes on, and I thought the next bits were even more interesting. So this is muddying the waters like crazy. So Spanish or Portuguese, that is Latin music. The committees formed by the volunteers from the Latin Recording Academy and by majority vote may accept a product that has been recorded in languages and dialects such as mm. Catalan, Nahuatl, Quechua, Galician, Valencian, Mayan. Which I thought was interesting because Mayan and Nahuatl and Quechua, hmm. defo, not the say, not a Romance language family. So it's not about they're going yeah. regional here, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it gets even weirder, right? And but again, I guess it reinforces this regionalness that it has to be Spain or Latin America is, I guess, what they're saying. Because then the qu- next question after this was. What happens to products from Spans? Spans? France? Spans? I don't know. Spanks? What happens to Spanks? So, anyway, what happens to products from France and Italy? And the answer is, there's a misconception we inherited when Latinos were invited to manage this organization that since it was called the Latin Recording Academy, the products should encompass the French, Italian, and Romanian languages as well. But so far, no one has entered a product in Italian or French sung in spanish or portuguese but yeah no that, what that's that's, that's that's no 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 that's a big that's a big cross out i think i i get that like it's a different thing the the word latin latino is it, is it can get quite confusing kind of i think because even when people think latino i mean that example of the lyrics from raxu for example yeah yeah you know they i mean they only name dropped two countries cuba and puerto rico right uh-huh. Said, got me feeling Latino, and then the two countries I name drop are Spanish speaking. Portuguese is often excluded from people who, when they say Latino, they often think Spanish from Latin America. And I'll confess to be one of them. I didn't really yeah. think of Portuguese it's, as the same same rhythms and style and yeah, dance styles. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think yeah. I think it's really, um, yeah. No, I get that. France and Italy, no, totally different ball game. It's interesting that they include um, Catalan, Galician, Val- Valencian in that. Mm-hmm. When they talk about different languages and dialects. Like I would have assumed, again, perhaps rightly, perhaps wrongly, when they say Latin Grammy, it's kind of Latin America. Yeah, but on the best song list, there's mm-hmm. quite a lot of representation from Enrique Iglesias, who is um, yes. Castilian. Exactly. And then I suppose, I mean, I, I do, I like their description. Any product that's been released in the eligibility period recorded in Spanish or Portuguese because it doesn't actually exclude by location. So, for example, if you've got someone like right now, like, is it Camila Cabello? Is that her name? She sings that Havana, yeah, yeah, that song, mm-hmm. right? Someone like her, who I believe is of Cuban origin, but American, essentially, like, you know, I think born in America, maybe, um, maybe spent some time in Cuba, I don't know. But Someone who has Latin or Latino, Latina heritage, but has been born and raised in another country, 
they are still eligible because the recording would be in Spanish Portuguese if they choose to do so. So I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, yes, I think... Where I, I understand what you're saying. To that, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess if, judging by that rule, it would have to be the original version of Despacito that won the award, right? I don't yeah. Know. It also has some... Well, it certainly has some Spanish on it, unlike another song that I found on the Song of the Year playlist, which is called mm. Boys Will Be Boys by a lady called Paulina Rubio, and it is oh, entirely yeah. in English, the song. That's However, on her album, she has a song called Me Gusta Tanto, and yeah, she has Spanish. albums... Be- sings in Spanish. Yeah, so I can imagine that she has a lot of um, cred, think Spanish cred. Yeah. But her song was in English, the product. Mm. So may- I don't really... Uh, it's It's an interesting one, but... Um, yeah, if you are perhaps a listener and you know more than us about the Latin Grammys, there's sort of this um, this piece of um, mystery that we've kind of, or this, this Latin Pandora's box that we sort of opened up here. It'd be really interesting to hear, or especially if we have listeners from uh, Latin America, wherever exactly you reckon that starts and ends. God, it's like a bit like saying the North and the South in the UK. No one knows where it really is. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, you know, like uh, emotions run deep, emotions run deep with, with these, mm. these kind of determinations and, and d- discriminations. I thought it was really interesting. Also, what would happen if Fonsi did a song in French? Then he's not allowed to get a Latin Grammy, even though he's Fonsi. Oh, he could win the Energie Award, I think. <laughs> Energie Award, that's Energie. true. <laughs> so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Um, and as a little follow up to our pop music episode, I thought it was interesting. Now, shall we move on into the main part of today's podcast, which is, I think it's one of my absolute favorites. I really like doing these. We've been doing these, I think, since the summer of 2016. So this is our fourth edition of Seasonal Top Tools. Cue the bells, yes. (laughs) Okay, so here's how this works. If you're a listener and you've never heard this before, uh, basically, Lindsay and I have been keeping our eyes open for tools and products that might make language learning or a little bit more interesting, a little bit easier, or just kind of give you a little boost in the next weeks. And we do this twice a year. We do a summer and a winter edition. Uh, there are certain tools that we take as a given that we don't really put on the list because we uh, we strive for interest variety and we look out for new things which means you're not going to hear um the kind of big guy obvious ones which are duolingo what do you think Lindsay? i think duolingo memorize memorize mm-hmm. anki and Closemaster. are they the ones anki Closemaster is interesting because they actually Closemaster was in the summer edition and yeah. for both of i mean they the they do sponsor the show still wonderful um, but it, for both of us, it's it it entered our routine, and I I do Closemaster at least three times a week now. Mm. So it's a funny one because it's quite a newbie. It's not like Duolingo or Memrise. It doesn't feel to me like a giant of language learning yet. But at the same time, it's so good. It's kind of almost become a natural, and it's that's why I, I would say you're right. You know, like we don't mention that because everybody knows this is good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so each of us has got three, well, I sort of have three and a half suggestions for tools. And um, at the end, we are going to select the top three together, and they are your must-haves for winter 2017-18. Lindsay, would you like to start this edition? Okay, I'll Cool, start. go for it. So I have two apps this episode. I'm going to start with one. And then I'm going to break it up in the middle. So the first one is an app called Layer Nose, which is pretty useful if you find yourself kind of looking stuff up on Google Translate and then not getting around to writing it down or um, adding it to your memorize, Anki, whatever, you know. So, so what this does basically, it's, I, th- I think it uses Google Translate technology. Yes, Google Translate technology um, to search words so it has all of those languages that google translate has so mm-hmm. it's not sort of language too language specific you re- you look up a word or a phrase or whatever it is you you want 
And then automatically, without even the push of a button, it saves that as a card Ooh. that you can then use. And you can like star them if you find it difficult. You can archive them if you think, okay, I'll save that one for later. Or you can delete if you actually like, nah, it was just a test and I, I know that now. So it's kind of like um, like those ones that we just mentioned, like Memrise and Anki, but it does the creation bit for you. And then you can do with those what you wish. So instead of using Google Translate, you can go straight to Leonos and actually have them saved with, you know, kind of a, a nice little interface that you can then keep for later. Okay. So I like, I, for example, when I'm doing my baking and I'm wondering yeah. what, does, what does Eury mean? And I type Eury into, do I type it directly into Lea? Yeah, you just type it on in. And then it automatically, you know, it's, I don't have to faff around with making a card. It automatically makes me a card. Yeah. And does it remember when the card was made or something like that? Or could I let, then later go back to the card and go, this was because of baking or add a picture of like the recipe word I didn't understand? Um, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's quite simple because I think they tried to make it as easy as possible. So it's still like um, a minimum viable product kind of thing. Yeah, it's, uh -huh. very, it's very minimal. But you, what you can do is you can add color tags. So if you had maybe like, these are words that I learned from my speaking lessons or these are words that I did in my um, baking, right? You could add a little color tag so that you can use it that way. Mm -hmm. so that could be quite helpful. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really cool. I like that. Mm. I like things that, you know, use existing technology and just make it a little bit better or more useful. Yeah, so I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. Mm. It sounds kind of specific, but I think it's going to plug the gap if, if it plugs the gap for you. It'll exactly. proper plug the gap, if that makes sense. <laughs> you should quote that. I think that's the name of this episode. If it plugs the gap for you, it'll proper plug the gap. <laughs> God, you've been in England too long, Kirsten. <laughs> I went to karaoke the other day and Christian was very amused because I called things, uh, um, what did I call them? Uh, an effing, uh, I, I, I did karaoke. Um, so and, um, I called him a banger. Oh, that's a, the, a song, not a thing. You called songs bangers. Yeah, not not sausages. Okay. <laughs> no, that's that's normally they they I say the things bangers. <laughs> thing. no, I called the a songs an old car a song. I don't know. <laughs> no, you know when a song is a um a real hit. Definitely. Yeah, so th that's the kind of thing Rack you have soup. to sing in karaoke. <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. It's karaoke, you have to sing party tunes. You have to sing bangers. Yeah, you have to. Fill the floor so that people can't hear how bad you sing. <laughs> so, so yeah. <laughs> Either way, if I think if if this is if you're the kind of person who looks things up in a dictionary and goes, "Oh, I wish I'd had a, I wish that had made a flashcard," which actually I do sometimes, then Leia knows does it it, it does that thing that I really like in apps. It does one thing and it does it well. Yeah. If it plugs your gap, it'll proper plug it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, Leah. Nice. I like the sound of that, Lindsay. I might. Uh, is it available on iPhone and Android? I believe. I believe it's on both. I've got it on. Yep, it's on Google Play and App Store. Cool. Okay, I'm gonna come in. I think I'm gonna come in with uh, a physical product as my first thing. And I have, um, as as we know, I I like to. I still do a lot of my language learning work in paper. Um, I learn. I've, I've noticed. I learn the worst online on a on a big screen on my laptop because i think because it's my work machine i just get too distracted mm. i learn well on an app and i learn well on paper hence the use of magazines and, and all this kind of stuff and this here is something i saw and i thought oh this is like what i had in secondary school that i could not live without because i never did flashcards i always did vocab book draw a line in the middle write the english write the foreign you know like, or write the german write the french write the you know whatever whatever languages yeah. and and i have recently you know now when i'm learning i write english and welsh even though neither is my native language and it's just the way you know you just mm. choose so this is um by a, a french stationery company i love stationery um called clairefontaine they produce good quality paper so this is going to take your pen really nice and well and this should feel really good and it's it's usually from Amazon.fr, but you can certainly get it on Amazon.co.uk, and it is called um, Cover Book, and it is uh, just a wire-bound vocabulary book, fifty pages, fifty sheets, um, a nice sort of pocket-friendly eleven by seventeen centimeter 
format. The pages simply have a line down the middle. And then it comes with this little extra bit, which is a cover, sort of a plastic cover that you can kind of move around and you use it to cover up the words and then sort of slide it down the page. And it's exactly each of the side of the columns has got one cover. So you can cover up all of your English and then you can just walk, go down to Welsh. So you can work down your list and just check yourself. It's very old school vocab learning. Very, very much. But So is this, design, this is a notebook designed specifically for vocabulary? It's a vocab notebook, yeah. Well, I used to buy these at the stationers when I was a kid. We always had these what? in Germany. <laughs> we had like a rubbish little kind of thin exercise book that we got given. And we had to draw a line in it. And we had to fold the page. Oh, no, I used, to buy some, I used to buy something called Vokabelheft. And it had a line already printed in the middle. Always, always. See, this, is, this is it. We finally discovered the answer. It's nothing to do with music. <laughs> it's, it's all to do with Europe. Mainland Europe having decent vocabulary notebooks. Yeah, yeah. And Brexit is depriving us. <laughs> uh. So, <laughs> yeah. That's that, why you're so good at languages across. Yeah, we are good. Yeah. Europeans are good at languages as a people. Because <laughs> we have stationery that's got the line in the middle already. Um, but, if, you know, for me, this was both a blaster and a pass for a thought. Oh, this is brilliant. This is exactly what I used to use. Um, but it also, and the thing is, I used to use this successfully. This works at least, at least yeah. for me, it always worked. So it was kind of like, far be it from me to tell somebody how to learn their vocab. But if you're not a flashcard person, like, like I'm not a flashcard person, um, and you, but you like working with lists or you just want somewhere to write your words down. This is really great because this reminds you to put your English on one side and your French on your, your foreign language on the other side or whichever mm. languages you choose. And then it comes with these extra little covers. So these two little, um, like, it's got two flaps and then there's these little tabs in them. And you can hide words as you wish. So you don't have to, because mm. often when I'm working down a vocab list, I'll either use my hand, you know, to cover them up. But then my hand isn't big enough to cover up all the words. Or you'll start, like, faffing around with another piece of paper. Um, whereas this just has, it just, it's very simple little you know, it's a tiny little thing, but it makes all the difference sometimes, the detail. It just comes with these little covers that cover up that side of the page. And it's, it's only a fiver. So for me, this was a, a no-brainer. I thought, this is great. That is a no-brainer. Yeah, it's just a piece of paper, really. <laughs> I've just found it. Oh. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice. Oh. Well, I'll send it to you for Christmas, along with the homemade biscotti. <laughs> <laughs> So that was my Welsh. that was my tip number one, baked in Welsh. Um, it's it's called the company is called Claire Fontaine. I'll put it in the show notes as well, and I'll see if I can find it on Amazon.com. See if you um, US dwellers can get one too, or just look for a vocabulary notebook or something like that. Or if you get desperate, draw a line down the middle. But it's nice to have it drawn for you. It's got to be said. So this I mean, is the difference is made between <laughs> UK and European speakers of languages is. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, do you want my next one? Please go ahead, yeah. So it's also kind of paper related. Oh, I love it, love it. it up, put it on in there. App sandwich, you could say. Um, and this is kind of inspired by something that happened to us the other day. So we've been, past month or so, we've been going quite, quite quick, I guess, through, we were in, where are we now? What's the date today? The, the 10th or something like that? We were in um, Guatemala and we went through El Salvador and Honduras kind of just poking our noses in and going, oh, hey, what's going on here? Before we came down to Nicaragua for Christmas because we had to be here for Christmas. And one thing that I noticed in San Salvador, we went to the Anthropology Museum, which was really, really interesting. And it was, most of the signage was in Spanish, mm -hmm. um, but occasionally there were, in, in one room in particular, there was like Spanish and English. And so it was a really good experience for, for, for both of us, for me and Ashley, you know, at different levels of Spanish to sort of be there and just really take our time to read the stuff first in Spanish, then in English or using English when we, we needed to. Um, and yeah, I think I've noticed this before as well. You know, it doesn't have to be about going to the other side of the world to go to a museum in El Salvador. It could just be 
a museum on your doorstep, so to speak, where maybe they've got leaflets. Yeah. Other languages. I've noticed this in London, I think the Science Museum, Natural History Museum. Mm-hmm. You know, there's leaflets in, in different languages. And maybe you think, okay, I'm going to... Churches too. My, yeah, yeah. You can brush up on my Italian. So you pick up the Italian leaflet and as you're walking around, you're kind of, you know, reading stuff about what you're reading in Italian. And I guess it would work. Maybe we've mentioned this tip before, I think, perhaps, about um, audio, um, guided audio tour things that you can sometimes get where you can change the channel to different language. So you could even use it as a listening thing. I just thought that'd be a nice thing to do maybe now while it's uh, perhaps a little bit colder where you are. That's a cool idea. That's a really cool idea. So you get your, and I used to, yeah, I remember, I remember doing that actually when I, when walking around sort of, and you normally do get those audio guide thingies in four or five languages of kind of the main tourists. They tend to have some Japanese on. I know I remember on our honeymoon, we went to Austria and we went to the Salzburg castle, which is very popular. And they had Italian, so I listened to the Italian for a bit. Didn't really understand much, but, you know, it doesn't matter because you're sort of walking around and you kind of go, okay, this gate and things like that. You can, I like that you can do this at your own pace. Mm. You know, there's no, there's no pressure to it. And similar to the, to the idea of baking, right? It's, it's living your life and just throwing in a bit of other language. Exactly. And it's free. You don't pay extra to go to a museum in a foreign language or anything like that. You're already going. Yeah, if you're going and you're paying your entry fee, if there is one, and the leaflets are, and stuff are generally generally already there. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I like the museum leaflets. And it, it reminds me of, um, do you remember our, our little, our tiny little delve into TripAdvisor? Yes, yeah. Kind Where, of bringing in travel and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it can also it can also go well with the idea of planning that fantasy trip, mm. Mm. and and you don't have to go far. I I mean now I live in Canterbury. I can imagine going to the cathedral and they're gonna have they're gonna have five six languages in you know for their cathedral leaflets because it's the head of the what is it the seat of the Church of England something big. So if it's big, you'll probably find something useful there. Exactly. Nice, good spot, good spot, language spy. Thank hey. you. <laughs> do you want me? Do you want me to tell you about this app I found? Okay. Mm. So moving to recently, I think in our summer edition, actually, we talked about libraries as a great resource for you know if you just want to try out a new language course or you you know you want to see if your library has Pimsleur and stuff like that. My library, my new one in in Kent, has got this app, and it's an international app and available around lots of libraries around the world, lots of English speaking areas especially. So I thought I'll mention it. This app is called Libby, and essentially you sign in with your library details, only you only have to do it once, and then it, it has your library card on file and gives you access to, to, to borrow um, to whatever the library has available as ebooks and as audiobooks. And Ooh. this, like Kent, the Kent Library, has got a huge range of random (laughs) language stuff available so you can get the language courses some of them you can get you know you can get the language courses so you can have collins spanish or spanish in your car or something like that so again if you want to try something out and just for free you don't even have to go to the building and get the cds out you can actually get this electronically but you can also just kind of have a search around you get you can get some literature in foreign languages so it's it's worth a look so kent county Council obviously is not a hotbed of the Welsh language. They haven't got much. And it only shows me what's available right now. But there's sort of bits and bobs there. So they have got some books in the Welsh language. They certainly have got quite a bit in Spanish. And then there's sort of the the newer UK minority languages, Polish, Bulgarian, Romanian. It's got that. It actually says on this on this rundown here, Esperanto. So I'm gonna have a look and see if something's there. But that's certainly something to to check. So not every library will use this this really lovely app called Libby, but I'm going to link to Libby. But even if it doesn't, it's worth checking if your library has got an app because this app surprised me with being a lot more user-friendly and a lot more, again, you know, libraries, we think they're last century, but this is a lot more modern and user-friendly and, um, I don't know, 
phone friendly than you than you think it would be. It's really really cool. Uh, it's called, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, so you just add your card, your you, library card number. Yes, and then, and then it knows what the library has it. Then you know it knows what you've got access to exactly. Cool. I'm going to try that later today. You can download the books and then you can read them in Libby. And if you are in the USA and this only works in the USA, you can send them from Libby to your Kindle. Ah, jazzy. Yeah. Yeah. And audiobooks as well. Audiobooks will play in Libby or you can tell it to play them somewhere else. Hmm. So it's, okay. worth, it's worth checking what's available. Yeah. Awesome. So that was my number two. It was Libby. Okay. Okay. Number three, my final final tip. Another app. Final tool. And that is another app. Yes. Okay. Um, and it's it's a relatively new app, mm-hmm. and an app that I I think could probably I could really see this being developed further in the future. Cool. Um, but right now it's useful if you're learning Spanish, Spanish only. Unfortunately, it's just a mm. one language thing at the moment. Um, but I do hope it develops. And basically, you, there's books and there's video clips, YouTube videos, and there are, there are subtitles or there are, if it's a book, there are translations. So you can watch these short clips, things like TED Talks are on there, um, Peppa Pig and music videos and all of this stuff. And um, as you watch, underneath it displays subtitles and it displays them kind of line by line, both with the Spanish and then with the English underneath. So it's it's just... What I love about it is how easy it is. There's, you know, because it is quite new and it is just one language, there's not that distraction of, oh, I could be learning Korean right now with Peppa Pig. And it's like, well, I'm probably not at that stage with Korean to learn Peppa Pig. Or, you know, you don't get distracted by other languages or, other, or too much stuff. And so you can really sort of focus in and just, just enjoy it. Just as if you were watching YouTube, you know, you could open Flowlingo instead and have a little watch of something and learn at the same time. That sounds really good. Is it similar to Yabla? Or is it, you know, what what makes it different to Yabla? The fact that it's free and that you can just hop on in and go straight, you're in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Yeah, whereas in in Yabla, I know that there's, you know, they do a lot of work with the transcripts, right? So then they let you play little games with the transcripts. Yeah, exactly. They've done a lot of code around it. Yeah, there's there's no follow up with, mm-hmm. like with Yabla with Fluent U as well. It's it's just kind of you going in, and and I think that's nice in a way to have that alternative just to make it a bit more casual. You know, you could be watching this while you're cooking in the same way that you would watch YouTube. Whereas with Yabla and and, and Fluent U, it's more like a it feels more like a learning like a study tool activity. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so this is kind of. Put it in the background, but if you want to, if you need to know the subtitle, it's there. Yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, that's that's a really interesting, it's a really interesting app, and I'm hoping, oh, I don't know. Um, I need, you know, I need to study a mainstream language, or like have a mainstream language that oh is there goodness. as well. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. So I start, <laughs> so we're going to Asia in April, right? And I started to learn some Mandarin Chinese, like, which I haven't really done since. Oh, and you must be like, ta-da! So I'm so I've I've gone on memorize. I've got I found Mandarin Chinese number one. There's so much there. <laughs> There's like little videos of locals. There's a grammar thing where I have a little conversation. It's amazing. I don't get that for Guarani. I just get words. <laughs> <laughs> I understand why, obviously, but yeah, mainstream languages is. is uh, Kind of, I'm enjoying that. <laughs> makes it a bit easier, certainly. It, really it does. doesn't make it impossible. And I mean, no. maybe you'll find when you get into Paraguay, suddenly things will open up. This is what I find with Wales. It's, it's kind of difficult and it feels kind of distant. But when I'm actually there and I'm in a bookshop or something like that, I say to people, hey, I'm a Welsh learner, what you got? They always have something. There's, there's always stuff out right. there, but it's all coming directly out of the place. Yeah. So I wonder if it'll get easier. When you're actually yeah. there, that'd be interesting. It, it will be. It will be. I'm, I'm curious to, uh, to see how it goes. Yeah. But not just yet. I need more time <laughs> before. Flowlingo then. Yeah, Flowlingo. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to move on to my number three. And number three is really, this is a funny recommendation. This is a recommendation passed on, really, uh, I'm passing on the enthusiasm of our mutual friend Shannon. 
who was recently on the show and we talked about reading in other languages and you know what what you should read and um where to find literature and you know the the meaning of you know the the importance of not just looking for harry potter in your target language but also reading things that come out of the country um or reading you know the the local authors sort of opening up your worldview in that way but what this podcast also became was um a song of praise from Shannon and appreciation from Shannon for um our friend Steve Kaufman's um company i think it's his company right or his son's company mm. link so Shannon loves link and since then and and she really brought me back to it because i i've looked at it before and didn't kind kind of didn't get it again doesn't support the language i'm learning so i'm not quite as as in there and also it's more of an in-browser experience, which, you know, isn't quite the learning environment that I enjoy. But Shannon has such enthusiasm for Link. And I have since heard from so many people who heard the podcast, um, listeners and people who sent me messages uh, or who tried it out. And they said, I really enjoyed using this. I really, really liked using this. And I am, it's not that I'm hesitant. I have, by now, insufficient. <laughs> Sorry, I was putting a German word randomly there. I have by now um kind of gotten more of the hang of it and you really do have to use it for a little while at the start because at the start of things you don't know any words um and i'm coming at this from french where i know 80 percent of the words of the texts yeah. that i read so it's it's a bit cumbersome having to tell it yes i know the word for the i know for and i know the word for mm. you know everything that you're putting in front of me but over time it becomes easier and the way it selects content and prepares content for you as a language learner from around the web is impressive and is really fun. So mm. Link, I wanted to put it in there as a recommendation of something that is extremely interesting to look at, even though it's not exactly part of my routine. It doesn't quite fit in with, with how I learn yet, but I know of so many language learners who have found this very beneficial and useful. Cool. Do you use it? Have you tried it? I've tried it. I've never got as into it as it sounds that Shannon is. Mm -hmm. Shannon is, is, yeah. But I have, I have tried it, and I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, it, mm. it is. And every time, like when I see Steve talk about it at um, language events and stuff, I'm like, I really need to look <laughs> into it. So yeah, mm. yeah. He's he's very, and it's it's great if you're struggling to get input or you find. I think it really solves that problem of I don't understand all the stuff out there. Um, yes. Which, if if there was a link for Welsh, because I don't quite understand the BBC Welsh articles yet, I think I would find it extremely beneficial. Have you tried Readlang? I have tried Readlang, but yeah. uh, to be honest, the well, the BBC is a funny one because they've got their own vocab extension. Ah, okay. So you can click the vocab button and then get it through that, but... I haven't got anything that saves the word and then actually makes me revise the word. Um, but Readlang, again, Readlang, I have it in my browser and then I just don't look at stuff in my browser enough and I, yeah. I don't use my iPad enough and it just doesn't quite fit into my ecosystem. However, I think especially if you want to read foreign languages in your browser, Link is something that you should check out. And I think even if not, check it out because, again, if it plugs your gap, it'll proper plug it. <laughs> wow did, did you have another one uh i have a i have a sort of half recommendation yeah which is okay. overcast my favorite podcast app uh do you use overcast i do not i have it downloaded because i needed to add my own podcast to it but mm -hmm. i tend to use honestly the apple Podcasts app is the one that i use mm. i like overcast um, I don't know the Apple Podcasts app might in iOS 11 we are now. In new iOS, it might start doing this as well. Um, but something I recently noticed and I, I found so inspiring was that I downloaded a podcast from Toastmasters, the International okay. Speaking Club, because I joined Toastmasters recently. So I thought I'll check out their podcast, Toast Podcast. And this podcast, that they had a special episode where it was a bilingual episode. It was about mm. Latinos and bilingual speaking clubs. Really, really interesting. Um, and they, they, really they really spoke a little bit of English and a little bit of Spanish and just threw it around and didn't really announce when they're switching. It was a, bil a truly bilingual show. It was fantastic. And 
what Overcast does really well is it lets you slow the audio down yeah. with, without losing any of the audio quality. It lets you speed it up as well, but if you're learning a foreign language and you don't understand something, why would you speed stuff up? But it lets you slow things down. And that is a a big, big bonus for me. And that's I thought it, it you know, it's not really a language learning device as such or a language learning app as such. So it's kind of a half mention. But if your podcast app can slow things down, I think sometimes that's really, really great. Don't listen to everything slow because you'll never understand people speaking normally. But to play around with the speed of what you're hearing can be very, very helpful. Yes, the yeah, with Apple Podcasts you can do the same as well. I don't cool. know, I don't know what the you're, you're saying it slows it down but doesn't sort of slur the words, right? Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know, I don't know what it's like cuz I don't tend to use it very much, but yeah, you can do that, I think. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting one. Yeah, so it was just a it was just a little side for it. It's not it's not as language focused as Link. So now we have a list of 6 pretty awesome language learning tools i'll just run through them again and then Lindsay, it's you and my job to get our job together your mm. and my job together to our? choose our job <laughs> that words fit the bill there <laughs> yeah english language difficult <laughs> so it's our job together to choose the top three sort of must-haves that we think uh listeners should really check out for for winter you know while you're cozying up in your you know with your wellies or you're sitting by the fire you know here are some things that you can really that you really should check out that will make your language learning easier okay so i will run through the list from the start we had the lea knows app which makes flashcards out of any word that you look up in an online dictionary the clairefontaine vocab notebook which has got a line down the middle and some cover tabs that you can use to cover up your vocab lists as old school we have museum leaflets or various bumps subscribe uh, sub- supplied by tourist attractions that you can just look out for on even the audio tours and it's always available in multiple languages so it's a really cool resource we've got libby the library ebook and audiobook app we've got flow lingo which is available for spanish only and lets you watch tv or YouTube um, videos and make it a little bit easier to watch YouTube in Spanish, really. I hope I said that right, Lindsay. Um, and, and then we've got Link, which lets you read in other languages and does a really great job of helping you remember and retain all the words that you learn when you're reading in a foreign language. And it also finds content for you, so that's pretty good. Okay, and we sort of got a half mention of Overcast or your other favorite podcast app with the tip of slowing down the audio okay so we've got those six Lindsay, you got any thoughts on favorites forerunners what did you like there's two that really really stand out for me mm-hmm. first one is the vocab notebook i want one <laughs> and the second one is libby i'm i'm curious like i'm desperately waiting till we finish to record so i can check it and see if i have it for my library <laughs> Awesome. So those two stood out for me. The the museum leaflets idea was great, and especially when you mentioned the audio tour, I'm I'm right there. I think that's a really good idea. It just makes everything so interesting, and museums can be a bit boring. <laughs> so it's it it makes it makes for a really great addition. I really love that. I like Lea knows for the simplicity, and I also like the vocab notebook. Um, and I I do like Link, even though for both of us it's not quite. I guess we, we are marking it down because we're not hardcore users. Um, mm. Link is sort of the ever ongoing. It's always this one that has so much potential that I'm just not using. Okay, so I'm not going to guilt trip myself here. Uh, shall we agree then to put the vocab notebook at number one, perhaps? Definitely, definitely. Mm. Okay, so if we were to say, how does Livy fare to you compared to museum leaflets and bump in other languages? Bump. Well, I would maybe maybe the leaflets should be second because there's more. Like, if the library near you doesn't use Libby, mm-hmm. then see if there's a museum or, like you said, a, a, a church or religious place. Yeah, that maybe has something. So maybe that's a, a sort of second, just on the fact that it's more likely you'll find something. I think so too. I think with Libby, there is a small 
caveat of your mileage may vary because you 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 just don't know what your library has until you look for it. Mm. Mm. Okay, so let's put museum leaflets at number two, or just general what's what's and I like I like that it gets people out of the house and gets you looking around where you are yeah. and it reinforces yeah. that thing that I think is so important, which is you don't have to travel to learn a language. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so we've got the museum leaflets and we can just put in Libby at number three. Yay. Awesome. So these are our top tools for winter 2018, the Clairefontaine vocab notebook. I'm going to put that in the show notes and I'll, I'll look for a version that is available to you American listeners as well. And we've got the museum leaflets and just general tourist attraction yeah, bump. <laughs> Tourist attraction publications or just, you know, like go out and look at what you can find, um, what's available in your town for speakers of other languages who are coming to visit. What's cool in your town? Uh lets you look at your own town as well. And number three mm. is the very cute little app called Libby. And that makes everything electronic that your library has available on your phone, on your iPad very easily. Nice. I want to see pictures too. If people go to museums and places and find stuff, I want to know what languages you find. Oh yeah, please. Uh, yeah. You, you can sh you can email those to me, um, Kirsten at Kirsten K E R S T I N at fluentlanguage.co.uk, or you could upload them into the Facebook group Fluent Language Learners or into Lindsay's group We Do Languages. Um, maybe next year we should look at doing a an email address for the podcast itself. So I shall look into that until then. You can also find us on Twitter and you will hear how to do that in the outro, which we are hurtling rapidly towards. So Lindsay, thank you very much for being my buddy for this awesome episode 71 of the podcast. I had lots of fun. We've gone through Latin. We've gone through various tool recommendations. That was really cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Excellent. And until next time, I wish you wonderful holidays. This is the last episode before the holidays and wish you a great start into 2018. Whoop, whoop. Goodbye from me. Goodbye. And goodbye from Lindsay. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to leave us a rating in iTunes and also to subscribe. And please get in touch and tell us what you thought of the episode and our topics. On Twitter, we are at LD Languages and at Fluent Language, so we're easy to find. Or you can send me an email to Kirsten, that's K E R S T I N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk.